Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is a podcast about sometimes saving the world and sometimes just surviving in it. In the next hour or so, we will nurture our friendships, explore our joy, shake our fists, all while trying to serve our God, and most likely, all while wearing pajamas. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. I want to tell you a quick story that probably falls into the overshare category. We can just start off with some TMI. Right after I had our last baby, I walked into my bathroom and I saw maxi pads stuck all over my bathroom window. There were like 20 of them. I called the biggest two into the bathroom and they proudly exclaimed, Mommy, we found airplanes with wings and they're sticky. I have a point and it is this. If you don't know what something is, If you don't identify it correctly, then all you can do is misuse it. And friends, we are a masterpiece. And we know so because Ephesians tells us that we are God's masterpiece and that he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. The Greek word for masterpiece is poema. It's where we get our English word poem. A masterpiece. A poem. And God loves what he made. We are his masterpiece. Yes, a masterpiece in the middle of a battle, but we simply have to quit denying his work because when we don't identify ourselves correctly, then everything we do is just an experiment. Turning a maxi pad into an airplane. It gets used all wrong. And as God's masterpiece, he has called us to do good works in a way that is uniquely our own. Once we realize who we are and what we're for, that we are created by a king and that that king adores his creation, then we can more easily recognize what we have to offer. And hear me, our offering is worth it. The story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with only five loaves and two fishes is one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. In fact, it's the only miracle story other than the resurrection that shows up in all four of the Gospels. So the gospel writers, and therefore the Holy Spirit, wanted us to weigh this miracle heavily. If it's going to show up four times, it's probably wise to ask why. What exactly are we looking at here? What's the real point? Because the real point is probably beyond plan ahead and grab a sandwich, right? The real point is deeper. It's more than just, that was amazing. How in the world did Jesus do that? This message matters. It has weight and it takes up space. Maybe it matters because it targets something broken in all of us. Our tendency is to disbelieve or to be insecure or to be selfish or to hoard. Maybe it matters because it reminds us why God performs miracles. To show his great power and to reveal our great need. Maybe it matters because it assures us who we are to him. Someone so dearly loved someone worth performing the impossible. Maybe it matters because it reminds us that there is nothing beyond our Lord. Maybe it matters because it reminds us that nothing is only ours and that blessings are meant to be shared. Maybe it matters because this story is meant to sink deep into our soul to remind us that it is never enough until we give it away. 
Maybe this is a miracle performed to teach us that we are to share what we have with each other and then find miracle of all miracles that when we step out of our fear that says there won't be enough for me or mine, we find out that there is actually plenty for everybody. Perhaps the reason this miracle holds such a central place in our Christian faith is that it shows us in concrete terms that Jesus rejects the lies that have told us that we are not worth miracles and that our messes or our binds are beyond him, that we are islands out for ourselves, scrambling to have enough, that we are not well equipped enough to make any real difference. This rich story written four different times is proof that Jesus rejects those lies and if we are to follow him, then we need to reject those lies too. I imagine that when the word got out on that hillside in Galilee, that desert land where there was no food, the boy with the fish that he caught that morning, the boy with the loaves that he picked up along the way, he probably looked down at what was in his possession, and he probably wasn't all that impressed. Not when he realized all that was before him. Not as he looked around at all those people and wondered what was in their knapsacks too. He didn't exactly have much. And he wasn't even exactly wrong about that. But, see, he wasn't the star of this story. Friends, when we look in our hands at what we've been given, and when we turn our noses up at it, and when we look at other works of art and wish for gifts that aren't ours, it doesn't do anyone any favors, least of all God. And so we need to focus on the unique ways that God has created us and rejoice God has given us everything that we need for what he wants us to do. And when we look at what we have and when we wish that it were somehow different, that's us trying to conform God to our story, how we think our poem should read, instead of trying to conform ourselves to God's story and embracing what has been written. This Christian life, it's simply about love and embracing our gifts is how we're going to love the best. You have no idea what the Lord can turn into a ministry if you just bring him along with you as you chase what he has gifted you to do. You have no idea what the Lord can do with a couple of fish. It's just not up to us. It's above our pay grade. The boy with the fish, I sure wish he had a name. The boy with the fish was probably troubled initially, looking at the masses. But perhaps due to his faith... He realized, as we should, that he was meddling in Messiah matters when he started questioning the how instead of concentrating on the what. The what was that he was called to turn his gifts over out of love for his neighbor, out of concern for his neighbor, and then watch the Lord work. But the how? It was above his pay grade. Just as Jesus used what he had to feed the people who surrounded him on that hillside in Galilee, we can use what we have to feed the needs of those who surround us. And every time we do that, we participate with God in bringing the good news of the gospel to life in the world. In Romans, Paul tells us how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. To God, there is nothing more beautiful than feet that carry the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether it is across the sea or across the street, have your feet brought good news. The word beautiful in Hebrew is naha, and it doesn't mean pretty or cute or beautiful. Actually, what it means is befitting or becoming or perfectly appropriate. 
beautiful feet bring good news. It is what they are supposed to do. And if we weren't sure about that, the book of Matthew tells us that Jesus' last words to us were this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Because the world needs Jesus. And Jesus' words to us are not a suggestion. It's not optional. If you have feet, if you are a child of God, then they are expected. It is befitting of them to bring good news. You are expected to go. Because the world needs a savior. We need hope and forgiveness and mercy and redemption and to know of a God who understands. We need our shame taken and our hearts healed and our wounds bound. We need a reason for living and a promise and dying and a seat at his heavenly table. We cannot keep our good news to ourselves. We have to share it. In the next few weeks, we will celebrate our resurrected God. And I just want to be clear that if there were more than one way to heaven, I don't think God would have spent so much. I don't think that he would have sent Jesus to be mocked and murdered and left all alone to just come up with a loophole. There is one way to heaven. It is Jesus Christ, and our feet can reach into eternity when we employ them to carry the good news. When they are employed to travel near and far, bearing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, God calls them beautiful. In the Great Commission, Jesus says, All authority has been given to me, therefore you go. Do you see that? That it's not just God, but it's us too. That it's both of us working together. In the book of Corinthians, Paul calls it co-laboring. Isn't that just beautiful? I believe he wants to work with us through our gifts so that sharing good news is exciting and life-giving. And there are very specific ways just for you to shine while you love his people. Life-giving, kingdom-building ways. And a couple of fish and a few loaves prove to us that God's desires to use very ordinary people to reach people with the gospel are far bigger than ours. I want us all to know that our feet are beautiful because telling of his works are their their purpose. Our banged up feet. The Lord has chosen to take our weak and ineffective human effort and then combine it with his strong and mighty hand to advance the gospel and reach the lost. And ladies, the pressure's off. Because why? Because God has done the big thing. Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus rose. Jesus lives. The big work, the stuff above our pay grade, it is finished. And so now for us, we just get to live the best way that we can, doing what makes us happy and serving others as we do it. We get to do the things that please him, which is to live our lives in gratitude of grace and serve him well and also those around us. He made it that simple. It is not our job to make converts. It is not our job to feed 5,000. It is our job to love well in a way that is unique to us. It is our job to turn what we have over to the Lord to see what he will do with it. Because I guarantee that there is someone around you in your neighborhood, in your grocery store, at your doctor's office, in your kid's school who needs something that only you can give. 
None of us has enough to fix the whole world. None of us has enough to feed 5,000 people at a moment's notice. But we all have something, a loaf, a fish, and some faith. And the true miracle, the miracle of all miracles, is that we use what we have to meet the need in front of us. From the book of Colossians, whatever you do, work at it with your whole heart. This is my friend Marcy. We've been friends for 20 years. Marcy is a connector of people. She's one good idea after another, and she uses 100% of her heart to serve. Marcy! <laughs> Hi, Allison. Hi, friend! I'm so excited you're here. I've been trying to have you on the show for ever. Um, we have been friends for a long time. 20 plus years. Is that crazy? <laughs> so that's technical, but I feel like we really became close when I moved back to so town. True. You yes. were integral in getting me um, just plugged back into this community and just was a wonderful little shepherd uh, paving the way, just helping me get plugged into Cayo again. Yes. And I was in some great Bible studies at Grace. So we've just been friends for a long time, and I just adore yeah. you. Well, I adore you, Allison, and you have gifted this community coming back. Oh, that's sweet. And Thank it's you. been really sweet to see the impact that you've had Thank on you. all these Kaimegas and women in the community. And so it's a joy to to have you here. Thank and you. thanks for the influence you have. I, um, I feel like anyone that knows you knows exactly what you're about. <laughs> which is the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. you are just such an earnest disciple. I feel like every single thing that you do, I mean, when I, thinking of the verse, like, whatever he has you doing, you're to be doing it with your whole heart. Mm-hmm. Like, there is not one person that knows you that is confused by what your mission is, which is reflecting reflecting God's glory. Like, you are just, I mean, honestly. That's a high compliment. Thank you. <laughs> and I would say you too. Like, it's really sweet to have friends that, they are just a ray of light wherever they go mm-hmm. and reflect him. And I appreciate that you are so Christ-like to everybody and you don't mind entering into the hard conversations mm-hmm. too. Yeah. You Thank know, you. it's one thing to be Christ-like, but not like <laughs> <laughs> want to make the waves for his glory, but yes. you want to make the yes. waves for his glory, you know? Well, I, I wouldn't feel um, as equipped Kind of chartering into that without really good friends and you're just absolutely one of them I've, your shining face has been in the crowd of, of so many things and so <laughs> I, I don't know I just I love cheering for you I feel like I am one of your biggest fans I want to be anyways yeah. and so you my friend have I feel like the world was just learning about what apps were or at least me <laughs> I mean I'm a late adopter but the me world too. was just learning about what apps were and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're breaking the internet with like mm-hmm. this new app App. Tell us a little bit about Safe to Safe. I don't know about breaking the internet. We're not there yet. <laughs> but it is really sweet to see how um, there are certain things that can impact culture at certain seasons. And I was yeah. just starting to learn for the first time over on lunch from a college girl that she's starting to figure out where she wants to go eat based on what apps. And I thought, mm. there's something powerful to that, that wow. from a marketing standpoint. Wow. What behavior change can we change with that? Oh, I know. I know one bad habit I need to change in my life. Then I started thinking, what if we started creating an app that changes the behavior that truly needs to be changed in our culture? 
That is amazing. Which is? Distracted driving. Yeah. And I thought, did you know my original idea? I thought, how about we do an app that just encourages people to not be on their screens total? Uh-huh. Like, can we do that? Yeah. But I thought, that's, that's too big. Broad. Yeah. We need to do specific of when is it most dangerous to be on our phones. And that is behind the wheel. And I remember over lunch with a sorority girl just brainstorming, well, there's power and positive rewards. It works well with our kids, yeah. their points yeah. for doing something. Absolutely. That's extreme kindness or going above and beyond for your sibling. Then we'll take you to Balma Bucks at the end of the week. So yeah. why not do it with a whole distracted driving app? That then gives you points that you can use it. Chick-fil-A, Mama Bucks, all over. So my husband and I were talking about this, and we were talking about how you replaced one addiction for another. Because it's like we're we're addicted to our phones. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, but then you replace that addiction with, I want to hoard points. Yeah. To get free things, right? You know, there's it's it's like the, a gambling yes <laughs> yes of sorts. But um, I will, and I'll never forget the first couple of weeks that I had Safe to Save. I was a little twitchy because mm. you realize how often you're reaching for it, oh, yeah. the red light or or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you exactly. know, and so you get that little. But I also remember I had um, this is not related to Safe to Save, but it definitely clearly illustrates the need for it I had taken like a Facebook hiatus and when I say mm-hmm. hiatus I really mean like for years like right. I was just kind of done you, like, with it for a while, from a while. Yeah, yeah for a long mm-hmm. time and um, when I got back on I feel like <laughs> phones had made some major improvements in the time that I was gone and so yes. now everybody it's not they're not on their laptop on Facebook they're on right. their phone on yes. Facebook and it occurred to me I got back on Facebook and started an Instagram mm-hmm. account and I'm like I, I remember turning and looking to my mom being like because I felt the impulse to do it my own self. Hmm. I'm like, people aren't just texting anymore. They're on Facebook. Oh, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram. Instagram. Now the latest yes. is Snapchat. Do you know 92% of all of the high school kids that I go talk to Snapchat and drive daily or they let someone Snapchat when they're in their car and they mm. don't say anything. Like mm-hmm. the, There's so many different addicting yeah. social platforms. Yeah. So everybody go now, download Safe to Save, Mm -hmm. collect your points. Where are, where do you, where are you operating right now? So we are in Houston, the whole greater Houston area, Bryan College Station, Temple, Waco, Midland, Odessa, the greater San Antonio area, and we're about to be in Austin. So it's really fun. And you know, there's internet like places websites that you can go and redeem points at even if you live other places right and right. you don't have a place but we're going to be expanding texas white hopefully soon i love it i'm so proud of you oh, here thanks. are the thing i want to talk a little bit about your process and just about what you attribute all this success to because it has been very successful it's been so fun um to see you on major news channels it's been <laughs> so fun to see you meeting like really cool people and to see ginormous businesses get involved i mean this is just a winner all around and this is why i'm not surprised marcy oh. none of this shocks me because <laughs> you sweet. are i mean really you're an entrepreneur someone asked me the other day we had a meeting like for kind of local entrepreneurs in town and i'm mm-hmm. like i just don't think i would have ever attributed that word um to myself you know oh Allison you have been such an entrepreneur from the beginning wow. like even back you know in college you're always like starting new things or having I just think an entrepreneur that word has surfaced more in yeah. the last decade uh-huh. Uh-huh. but really people have been starting businesses or starting nonprofits or starting churches yeah. or starting yeah whole ideas yeah being creative you know, for being the Lord. creative for the Lord yeah that 
we're, we're created to create. Um, but you are, you're a visionary. I'm just going to go through some things that I have seen about you, like from day one and, mm-hmm. you know, getting to know you better after, I'll never forget. I wanted to teach Christian yoga and yeah. we had this very first play date at, um, at yes. our friend's house and yes. you were, you just started brainstorming like right then and there. You're like, okay, okay, here's what we can do. And I'll never forget. We were doing something for Kaimega. We were trying to raise money and you're like, well, I can go to this business and this business. Can I just tell you that my personal <laughs> hell includes a lot? of asking people for donations and you're like I've got this and so I just feel like you have always had a very clear understanding of give me if there is something I believe in Hmm. it's very easy for me to tell you about it and expect you to get on board too like you Marcy Corey it's like if if there is something that you want to sell me you're going to tell me about it you're going to tell me why you love it and I'm going to agree with you so I just feel like you are very gently persuasive you've always been that way um you're a visionary, you're a risk taker. I feel like you're really optimistic and you're very positive. Um, I feel like you are able to function without a lot of certainty, hmm. you now know, that's, yeah. right? Thanks. And so um, I think that challenges can sometimes keep us like standing still, mm-hmm. but then when it's the right challenge, it's like kind of fire under you. Like, no, I gotta go, you know, I gotta do this. Um, So I just, so there's a fearlessness about you and always has been. There's an openness to ideas. Mm -hmm. I just feel like you're a really good brainstormer. That was that kind of afternoon um, about yoga. You're a problem solver. You are a huge connector of people. I don't think I've ever been around you in public where you have not introduced me to somebody because you know (laughs) that we would love each other. And you're right, you're right every time. You're a very lovable person. (laughs) We would be robbing people the opportunity for getting to meet you. And I think that's the key thing. Like, yes, you can ask people big things, you can network people, but it's like, do you think that it's worth it? Like, yeah, do you think right. that you're robbing someone the opportunity of getting to know someone amazing if you don't introduce them? Yeah. <laughs> or if the business would things. be robbed of an opportunity if they didn't know they could be part of a distracted driving mission and changing the do you largest see what I mean, death. people? Like, yeah, like I, love you. <laughs> I just think there's so many more people who want to say yes than people that are asking the questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, that's good. Um, You are also incredibly willing to learn. There's Mm. a humility about you that's like, this could be better. I can be better. I can Mm. grow here. So there's just, and then a calmness around that. Like, you know, you're not like, um, I'm going to edit out all these likes. Um, (laughs) That's the one thing I go back and I'm like, Um, um, but there's there's a calmness about you. There's, There's an ease um, in the midst of what might seem chaotic mm. to say, okay, Lord, what do you have for me here? Mm. Instead of this shaking of the fist of like, why do you have me here? Yeah. Um, so of all of those things that I just mentioned that I feel, I feel like I just described you You're so like kind. really well as a person, if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> you always have been good with words. <laughs> but I- um, but are, are there any of those things that you were like, yes, that, that is what has made safe to save, really successful, this quality in myself. I can I can easily pin it down to, I really needed that quality. Hmm. I think maybe steadiness in this season of uncertainty mm-hmm. and where it's chaos and you don't know mm-hmm. what is going to happen the next day or yeah. how you're going to fit all this in into just one day or one cup, but being able to be calm and trusting the Lord but he'll sustain he'll buoy he'll provide you just leap and then you know that if it's for him and it's for right purpose like he's gonna provide 
But it's leaping without the net, right? Yeah. Like, we've <laughs> left without the net a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Financially and, like, trying to find people to do the things in these cities that we know need a distracted driving initiative. But you have no idea yeah. who those people are going to be. Right. So you just start But isn't your digging. optimism crucial yes and i think that <laughs> i'm actually optimistic to a fault so we even had a whole team meeting yesterday i called it our family breakfast where i gathered every single person brought in breakfast tacos and we just talked about it and we also talked about how sometimes there's hard things about i know following me and this because i'm overly optimistic mm. and so i need really good managers that are mm. between me and everyone yeah because they can filter that optimism of yes. like yes i know you want to do Austin, Dallas, and Tyler in the next month and a half, but we we can't do that. Like our team literally needs to focus yeah. right here yeah. on the Woodlands and Katie and for you know like and I need managers to say yes, we can do that. We can do all the things, but not all the things right now. Right, right. And that is good because someone who's overly optimistic, yeah. I feel like we could charge twelve new hills hmm. because they need to be charged, but it doesn't. It's not fair to people if you're overly optimistic on what it's so a whole good. body can do. Yeah. Now, would you say, and it's okay to say both, mm-hmm. would you say, are you a visionary or are you a worker bee? I'm a visionary. Okay. Like, I love to vision and dream, and I do like to execute and mm-hmm. help do the work, but I realize so much about myself in this process mm-hmm. that because I'm visionary, because I'm a starter of new things, I need to have good people I can pass that ball on to, yeah. and they can make the next place, because yeah. they're going to do it 10 times better than I could. Right. That's good. That's yeah. a really good realization. Mm-hmm. So as this has taken off, because it has taken off, what is the hardest part professionally? I want to ask you, what's the hardest part professionally, and then what's the hardest part personally? But just professionally speaking, what's been a challenge? I would probably say HR has been the hardest. Just professionally? It's just like recruiting the people to do the jobs that you think need to happen, but then the job shifts in two months because we've grown, and all of a sudden everyone's jobs are changing, and then just having that fluidity and basically keep hiring new people because each time you hire a new team or new people there is definitely a lot of emotional and professional like umph that goes into that yeah yeah. (laughs) um and so i think that that's probably been probably Mm -hmm. the most challenging but i'm also really thankful for great people of course, and yeah. the ones a good team. that are steady because that's that's truly you can have a good idea but it can fall on its face if you don't have the team to be able to help with that right and I've re- been really thankful so it's been hard but I'm really thankful and I have so much respect for people in the whole HR process mm. like my VP <laughs> of operations who also handles like she has transformed this company and my life and she's able to to do all the things yeah. that I actually was not gifted at. Isn't it so fun to watch a body come together? Yes. Nothing brings me more yes. joy. Yes, <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, and then personally, I would probably just say Hold so on. many Before, I, I want to say really quick mm-hmm. about professionally because I can imagine, especially in a field, correct me when I'm wrong because I'm like, 
practically Amish with how untechy I am. But like, <laughs> I would imagine that things are changing all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this hasn't arrived anywhere. Like you're not sitting right. comfortably anywhere. Like y'all right. are growing, you're changing. I mean, even mm-hmm. cars are changing, oh, right? I mean, cars are changing. Um, Apple changes things a lot. Yeah. Um, Android. So we're always having to update the actual app too. And we're having to change how our messaging is because it's not texting and driving that's actually the issue now. So we had to change all our verbiage to texting and driving because everybody wow. has their own addiction when it comes to what part of technology is their jam that is right. really causing them to be distracted you know anyways there's so much that changes I would say each city launch also has such a unique flavor because it's like a different culture and different priorities and different influencers and what worked so well in one community those influencers are not actually very influential in a different city but then the most influential person might be a stay-at-home mom who's just really connected and can really get a job done in a whole Mm -hmm. area Mm -hmm. you know like just because you have a title doesn't mean you have influence and so I've learned so much on how do you be nimble and just discover okay who are the cultural influencers of that community but getting people to see that along with you like getting your team to ride the ebbs and flows exactly requires a certain amount of grit I would imagine grit beyond belief yeah and perseverance and people don't really get back with you about new new things Mm -hmm. you know we're in a space that it kind of makes people like whoa wait what do you mean you're doing a traffic safety initiative but you're not a nonprofit? Mm -hmm. that's scary Mm -hmm. to people that that the only ones who've really done it are the ones that are like fit a different box right 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 right. or funded by government funding and we're not funded by government so So you're a lone ranger in a way yes and so it's like how do you convince people that this is new, but this is good. Yeah. And they can also have a great positive <laughs> impact, yeah. you know? Yeah. And businesses aren't used to doing something that has a big social cause. Right. So that's been tricky is letting restaurants understand that this is actually millennials, they care about causes more. And this is connecting a cause with a marketing initiative together. So they're used to either, oh, I'm going to just donate and give, give, give to a cause, or I'm going to do a marketing initiative that has nothing to do with a cause. So we're trying to do something actually that's new Mm -hmm. in that space as well as the traffic safety space. So because of that, it's really hard on some of our members of our team that are Really, you really have to charge lots of hills right. and do it with grit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Personally, what's been what's been rough? It has been challenging having such a passion to be mm-hmm. there, present mm-hmm. for my kids and for our college students that we pour into spiritually mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, just friendships and. Like, there's a lot of things that I just had to sacrifice, mm-hmm. but then there's some things that I just have to put a stake and say, no, I won't sacrifice this. Like, right. I won't sacrifice my kids and time with them right. because I don't want them four years from now looking back on the safe to save season and being like, I didn't see mom much. Yeah. But yet I do have friends that will be understanding that they didn't see me a lot yeah. over this year. Of course. You know, yeah. and like, mm. it grieves me, but you... 
You have to make your yeses count. Yes. And I can't say yes to everybody. I can't work out. You know, I used to be, I used to <laughs> we used to be every working every out every day. Guys. We would be there for an hour. But I, you know, you just have to be, um, there's a lot of self things that I just had to give um, in order to be able to have some yeah. time. But that's, it's, it's challenging mm-hmm. because I'm having to lean on my husband a lot more. And he's amazing and he's mm-hmm. supportive and he's incredible. Yes, he is. But I went from stay-at-home mom to running a whole company. Yeah. And... In a matter of months, Yes. I mean, in a very short amount of time. I'm just so amazed. I really am amazed by you. Like, I just... I feel like this has been a really inspiring... It was a little rocky. ...thing to watch. (laughs) I don't know if I ever told you this, Allison, but one time we were working out at boot camp, and all of a sudden, I got this call, and I was supposed to be speaking to all of these business students and professors oh, at gosh. A&M. Oh, gosh. And I was in my workout no, gear, no, no, red no. face. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just missed so, it. I know. I, I went. <laughs> yes, you did. I went. Yeah, you did. Because I thought, I probably won't ever get asked back. This is my one moment. I love and you so, so much. Emily took Coulter home, and I just went. And was on the elevator, like, Lord, this is a moment where... You know what? The mission of distracted driving and getting this kickstarted is more important to me than what people think of me. No. <laughs> but I think those are the hiccups that I went through of going from stay-at-home mom, where I'm used to going to the gym and not checking my calendar before you go to the gym. Right. But that was like a rare day where I actually had a speaking engagement. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> what this tells me, I am like, like a ball of knots <laughs> when I have a speaking engagement coming up. This just tells me how relaxed and chill you are about your speaking engagements. I love it. Well, thankfully, I've never had to go into a speaking engagement and workout clothes since. And I'm way too vain for like what you just did because at one point I forgot like my makeup bag. I forgot my makeup bag before and I was out of town and it occurred to me, does the Lord want me to give this talk without makeup? Are we trying? And I'm like, he would never do that to me. No, 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 that's not what this is about at all. <laughs> I'm going to Walgreens. <laughs> that's oh my gosh. You know, I, I get that question too. It's, you know, people will often ask, how do you do it all? And my answer is I don't, you know, just what you're saying, like things, some things have to give, there's going to always be dishes in my sink and, or even like, you know, the things that I'm going to sacrifice being Mm -hmm. room mom, I'm not ever going to be room mom. You know what? You gave me that freedom, Allison, because I was signing up for room mom and to do all the things (laughs) and you, you know, I think that you being able to, um, not always pursue everything just because you are a gifted leader made me be like yes because it may not be this season to do those things but I'm so thankful for the women that are and I want to be that in three years once this sells but I don't I can't I can't be present at those volunteer type things right now and be all in and you know also oh shoot I just lost my train of thought oh it's re- exactly. So it's really not about, it's kind of choosing the things that mm-hmm. I really, really care about. Like I really don't want to miss their sporting events. That doesn't right. mean that I haven't, but I really, I'm, I really don't want to miss those. I'm okay to not go on the field trip. Right. And there is another amazing mother that is on that field trip that's going to send me pictures and then right. we're going to talk about it when they get home right. and it's okay. So you kind of like make decisions um, as a family, we're deciding, and then yes. we're making peace with what gets sacrificed. Right. I completely agree. And I think that 
it's important for people to know that it does take a village Mm -hmm. to raise these kids. We saw that on the mission field when we lived in Mm -hmm. East Asia. I would see people pick up other things that people just didn't have the capacity for. And you do it like you're just a big giant family. And then I moved to America and people don't really do that as much. We're all trying to do it ourselves and killing ourselves over it. Right. But I love that you're In order to appear. Yes, that we got it all together. Yeah. But you know what? I really need my friends that have more space that want to have our kids over for summer parties in right. certain seasons right. where I need to be at a gala for work, but I don't want our kids to know that. Yeah. And I don't want them to have a sitter. Yeah. So having friends that are extra yes. great at, at having yes. that open door. So I can literally say, would you want to invite them over tonight? You yes. Know? yes. And they do. And they do it with like hands that are just wide open. I love, it. I love the word tribal too. Yes. It's good. So really it's not about, you know, how do you do it all? It's really, how do you make your life work? Because I don't do it all. But what works? You know? Yeah. And so answering that question is a lot easier for me. Right. You know? Um, and, and honestly, I've lowered a lot of expectations. Exactly. You lower <laughs> expectations. You're okay with dishes in the sink. You're okay with asking for help. Um, thinking of the things that really take a lot of time that aren't as, you know, important for you to do. Like, right. my kids and my husband they don't care if I clean the house or if we have a housekeeper do it right because exactly. it needs to be done and it needs to um, be something that I don't have to worry about right now so you have to give yourself freedom I think and certain things to ask for help yeah um another thing that I'll uh, you know comment I'll get frequently is oh I could never do that and it's like well you're looking at what I'm doing and you don't love it <laughs> Which is fine. Like, I'm looking at what you're doing, and you're talking about how Apple just changed something on you. I would throw my hands in the air and quit. I am just telling you. But it's because I don't love what you're doing. I'm not meant to do what you're doing. I'm not meant to run that race. Mm. And so if I – one thing, you know, when people are, are, might feel exhausted by my mission, right? Well, that's because it's not – your so mission. Your so run. I wouldn't work if I didn't love it. I right. wouldn't do this if I didn't love it. And yes. I really want to show my kids, you know, when it comes to kind of sacrificing things mm-hmm. for your kids or whatever, I want to help my kids find work that they think is meaningful. Exactly. Because then they're going to have passion in it. Yes. My friend Melissa sent this to me yesterday. She said, working hard for something we don't care about is called stressed. Ugh. Working hard for something we love is called passion by Simon Sinek. And I thought, I yes, it. I am in yes. balance and I do work hard <laughs> and I do have probably more zest, but it's because I'm so passionate about making an impact with distracted driving yes. and so passionate so about good. furthering this. Yes. And I know it's just a short season, but let's say I had to go be a surgeon right now. Like I would be stressed mm-hmm. and it's just not my lane of right. what I need to be doing right now. And so it's, it is beautiful. Yeah. And so I think people should step back and be like, well, what is causing them stress? Mm-hmm. Are, okay, mm-hmm. have they lost their passion for something? Stress versus passion. That's yes. so good. Yeah. Um, say the thing you said earlier about a balanced life is a boring life. So when Trey was in seminary, I always would ask him when he came over from dinner, okay, what are nuggets? Because, you know, he was yeah, working right. this marketing job and yeah. wasn't able to learn these nuggets he was. And so he would boil things down to just one-liners sometimes that he learned from these really wise professors that had been in the trenches. They'd been doing ministry for decades on the mission field, different things. And he had one that said, 
a balanced life is actually a myth and that's not really the goal of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. He goes, a balanced life is, is a boring life. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to be perfectly balanced. It's okay. You think of the great people in yeah. the world. They have some imbalances. Yeah. They're quirkier. They work yeah. too hard in certain things for certain yeah. seasons. 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 And yeah. I thought, oh, that's, it's true. Yeah, it's good. But now, do we need more balance? I, I need to work on it. Yeah. For sure. But um, I also want to teach my kids. I also want to model for my kids how to change and contribute to society. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, mom guilt, I've never really struggled with that. I'm not saying that it's not a thing. It's obviously mm-hmm. a thing. A lot of women experience it that are working outside the home. But... Um, but I think that modeling for your kids how to how to make an impact is yes. so important. <laughs> it is. Because if you think about it, we want to teach our kids to be little entrepreneurs and to have dreams and to make an impact. And so, you know, I feel like our kids are learning from you of how do you use your voice and use it powerfully. I feel like our kids are learning something about entrepreneurship because Carolyn wants to start a hot chocolate stand next to me and give all the money (laughs) to a certain, you know, charity that she doesn't even chosen. She just knows (laughs) there's a need in the world for hot chocolate and there's, you know. So I'm like, we need to fuel Caroline passion (laughs) in our kids to do hard things Mm -hmm. if it's going to make an impact in the world. Absolutely. Okay, so that brings me to um, this. Can Christians be ambitious in a way that is pleasing to God? Will you talk about hmm. your godly ambition? Sure. And I'll also confess I had a wacky version of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Lord had to take me through quite a season mm-hmm. of, in college, I wanted to be ambitious and get the hardest jobs, and I got the offer from Accenture, and I just mm-hmm. put too much pride in that. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord really... Um, swept that away with 9-11 we got deferred start dates for two years Mm. and I thought wow I need to really not be ambitious in the world's eyes and it's true you need to like live for the Lord not for these careers that people are going to look and be like oh ooh, you know but then I went so far to the extreme Mm. of laying it all down where I thought business mm, not not really the best way to spend your life and then all of a sudden Trey my husband started reading and studying all this thing about faith and work and as the church what are we communicating to people if we have two separate spheres where we're not speaking into how do you glorify the Lord in your work your job is not just to make money to get back to the church or just share Christ with people. Those things are important. But what about the work itself? Like there was actually work before the fall. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean to be godly and be ambitious and to work hard for the Lord's glory? So he's learning all this. I'm thinking, okay, there's some really neat freeing truth to all of this. Work can glorify the Lord, the work in and of itself, you know? And then we were in a conference in New York with Tim Keller, and he challenged us of what are you doing as believers for your city? Are you living just in your city, or are you being for your city? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a big thing that a lot of my friends at Austin Stone were wrestling with, too, of, like, how do you take these problems and enter in yeah. and be okay with ambition mm-hmm. if it's 
for his glory. Yes. You know? Yes. And that's that's the crux of it because I feel like I am in, in this never-ending battle mm-hmm. between the spirit and the flesh. I mean, we yes. all are, right? And I don't feel like I'm ever like going to get to just wipe my hands of that. Like, oh, right. I'm good now. Right. <laughs> you know? And so in the same five minutes, it can be abundantly clear to me mm-hmm. that my gifts are solely about God's glory. Mm-hmm. And then in the next five minutes, I mean, seconds later, I can be in knots about what are people going to think about I this? Know. Or what do I have to personally gain from this? Mm. And so we have this glory battle going on, right? You know, like whose is it? God's or mine? Battle. (laughs) And I wrestle with that too Mm -hmm. because you go into the day thinking I'm not going to care what others think, but then it is hard Mm -hmm. to to continue to make sure He is the center. Right. But that battle just ensures that we're tethered. Yes. You know, and so it's yes. like because there is this glory battle going on, mm-hmm. I just have to stay in prayer. I have to stay connected. Right. I have to keep recentering myself with the question, so what am I pursuing again? Right. Oh, reflecting Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he has to be our center. Because if he's our center, then the ambition and everything else will be glorifying him. Yeah. But it, you need good friends mm-hmm. and good people in your life and scriptures to be able to recenter you yes when that gets off kilter absolutely um okay so last thing i want to talk about risk a little bit Mm -hmm. um i feel like anything worth pursuing is probably going to be a little bit scary Mm -hmm. like did this scare you just a little bit there's some funny quote (laughs) and i don't know if it's mother Teresa or somebody i don't know but maybe it's mother angelica anyway but it's like it's um, like risk or fear or or maybe even just kind of living a holy life. It's like one foot on the ground, one hand in the air, and butterflies yes. in your stomach. Like that's so good, you know. But like there, I think that we're probably right mm-hmm. to um, feel just a little bit uneasy about right. what he has us doing. Yes, yes. So there's been a lot of risk involved with starting this company. You know, at first I could just tiptoe into it mm. and just spend a teeny tiny about a bit of money with the mm-hmm. first app. Uh, a college student even helped me the first round. Um, <laughs> but then as it grew to over 10,000 users and then kept climbing, I had to get a bigger company to, you know, do the work mm-hmm. and started having to hire people. And that's whenever it um, gets a little bit more scary when we've put everything on the line like we put all of our finances in this like we put as much as trey was comfortable with yeah (laughs) um and that was tricky but my dad definitely helped at the beginning (laughs) but there's risk whenever it's people you love that are putting resources into things but do you know what the bigger risk was than finance it's the getting people on the bus to believe in this And to put their things down. Yeah. Put all their other passions down to pursue this with you. Right. Then you're really wanting it to propel forward because you see that other people have had to say no to other things. What a motivator, too, though, for you. Like, okay, this is going to be. And I think that's what also drives me. The impact of destructive driving, but also you get you know people on your team and there's over 20 people working for us now and i want to make sure that they over 20 people are able to really wow provide for their sweet families and there's a lot of single mamas and there's a lot of people that that this better work like yeah. they are the person yeah. that provides for the oh, family you Marcy, know that's so awesome and i really love that 
the Lord has us free fall for his glory. But I will tell you, the risk involved is quite extensive with a startup that's not heavily funded by a venture capital firm or something. You know, it really does take laying it down at the Lord's feet and trusting him. And sometimes, I know this sounds crazy, Allison, but just not thinking about the risk. Yeah. <laughs> not even letting yourself think, but but what if not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, wow. I'm amazed by you. I really, really am. I feel like moms, moms in general are inspiring to me, but working moms are completely... I'm going to edit all that because that's stupid. Um, hold on. I do want to talk about how you're amazing, though. I just want good words to do it. It'd be like, we all are doing hard things yeah. as women, and our work is sometimes inside the home, and sometimes there's seasons of working outside the home, yeah. but it's all important, and it all brings a lot of value. <clears throat> um, well, like I said, I, I really feel like I am one of your biggest fans because it's been fun to kind of stand back a little bit outside the circle. And I think that because I am so ignorant to the process, I just, it's kind of the way when someone picks up an instrument and sings, and I'm so (laughs) far from ever being able to do that myself Mm -hmm. that I feel like my awe, my shock and awe is, um, gotta be just so fun to witness, Mm -hmm. like (laughs) from the person that's actually doing it, because to them, it's probably second nature. Like you putting all of these gifts into motion, it's just who you are, but I am standing back and in complete awe of you. So, um, is there anything that you want us to know about safe to safe before we kind of wrap this up? Like what are some of What are the challenges? Why doesn't everyone have safe to save on their phone? What are the things that we're still battling against regarding um, people in their phones and technology? Well, if we think about how much we look at our phones, like now it's up to five hours a day. When you add up all the minutes and all the seconds, especially for millennials, that's a lot of tethering where we are tethered to this appendage. And so it is unnerving sometimes for people to put it down when they are on an errand or when they're going from point A to point B. And there's an addiction there that's stronger than lots of other substances. And so the power of Safe to Save is it really does help discipline you to realize it can wait. The reason why we put a picture of your loved ones on the first screen to say, is it really worth it? Is when you're looking at your kids or your spouse or your pet, you realize, okay, that one email, that one text is just not worth it when you think of how precious people's lives are. Yeah. I think we're also addicted, though, to multitasking. Mm. And there are different ways to multitask. For <laughs> sure. You can read while you're on the walking on the treadmill. You yes. can, you know, there are all these other, you can listen to your podcast while you're doing the dishes. You right. can, you know. So. Yeah. And we, we want to do it all. But we can't do it all behind the wheel. Yeah. And there is this time to just pull over and do the thing that yeah. you need to do. Yeah. And so I feel like safe to save is powerful because it helps break a habit. So even if there's listeners, they're not even in a city that we have local restaurants and businesses on, I would encourage people to still download it. Yeah. Still compete with their friends and family. Mm, We've learned something great. interesting last week that if you engage with a competition within safe to save, yeah. you're 15 times more engaged. 
cool. than just someone who just learns about it normally. Brilliant. And so it's fun for people to even start a competition with their spouse or their friend group. So smart. They can compete. And now we're starting to do it with like whole school districts yeah. and get superintendents that say, yes, all schools, we can do safe to safe competitions with all the parents. Because you know what? When people say, oh, a safe driving initiative, they think we should go talk to high school students. Yeah. But I'm like, no, it's the mom. It's the dad. Yeah. It's the wow. adult that needs to be a good example because those good little example. eyes are watching. Yeah. And so that's why we go up even in elementary schools and have parents start to compete to see who can drive that's the safest. So, so it's, it's fun. It's fun for people to engage and use their points because the truth is this is um, a whole system that if you do use your points and actually get the free items at the different restaurants, a free pizza, a free Chick-fil-A sandwich, a free smoothie at Smoothie King, that's actually encouraging more businesses to want to join. Yeah. We have 135,000 users, but a lot of our users don't remember to actually use their points. <laughs> or they hoard what? them. They hoard. <laughs> People love to hoard points. Yes, that's true. But I'm like, no, no, no. You can get more tomorrow. <laughs> Use them. Because <laughs> then that encourages more businesses. Businesses like, want to give away things. Yeah. They want more engagement and people actually coming in and so trying new places. Can you tell us some of your businesses before we go? Sure. So we have Chick-fil-A, McDonald's. We have local favorites like Cafe XL, Mad Taco. We have smoothie places, yogurt places, like spoons. There's all kinds of different things in different communities, like La Madeleine's mm. all throughout Texas that are on. And it's fun because you get like a free soup or free croissant just for coming in. And it's neat. If people want to even look at all the different businesses that are on the app, they can literally just... Because it's more than just restaurants. Oh, it's Pure Bar. <laughs> it's massages. It's uh-huh. Galleria Day Spa. Uh-huh. It's... Delta Life Fitness, Piranha. I mean, even like realtors have amazing $500 things or Cold so Water, cool. Aceable Driving School, like different places that truly do help um, motivate you. Because let's. Okay, Allison, this is going to be a comment that you probably don't even remember. But do you remember when you were doing a lot of like helping people understand how to train their dogs? But different dogs have different currencies. And you told me my dog has a different currency because it's not food. Like food doesn't motivate my dog. And you're like, everyone has a different currency. And that is a comment you made back when we were doing a play (laughs) date a long time ago. But I do try to tap into, okay, what's people's currency? For some people, they don't eat out a lot. Right. But getting a massage or getting Mm -hmm. their nails done is Mm -hmm. big. Yeah. For other people, they don't even care about saving money at all. But competing with their family members or their coworkers right. in the honor of winning. Like yeah. we had an employer, Memorial Herman had twenty six thousand employees all compete on safe to safe. It's so great. And it's fun because it's the honor too of winning or yeah. being the department that yeah. has the most points. Uh, um so I think this overarching, you know, idea is that we have a purpose mm-hmm. in this world. Yes beyond making ourselves comfortable. Yes. And so we can ask these questions when it comes to our work. Does this please God? Yes. Does this help others? Right. And do you need God to do it well? You need definitely. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then you're just embarking on this thing that's so much bigger than you. Yes. And I think that's the key thing. It's so much bigger and it's a roller coaster, but he's in charge. Mm -hmm. And I know this is the highest preventable death in America mm-hmm. among people under age 50. Like, hands down, the biggest cause of death 
but yet the least talked about. Yeah. Like people don't talk about distracted driving. It's not sexy. It's not <laughs> an event that people, oh, I want to go to that. Yeah. But we need people in everyday life to care about it. And I love your passion. I love your fire. I love your persistence. <laughs> I love watching all Thanks. of these gifts oh, come together yeah. in this one giant project that um, pleases the Lord, helps others, and makes you needy for the Lord. I love you, sister. Congratulations. <laughs> Allison, if people even want to download it, they can get 800 free points just by putting the code Allison. I just made it on the back end. So literally, if they're going to download it, it's going to be event code. Put in Allison. A-L-L-I-S-O-N, and they'll get 800 free points. Two L's and an I, friends. Yay! Yes. I love it. Bye, yeah. Mercy. Bye. And now, a word from our sponsors. At Revival Living Interiors, a full-service design and renovation team, their prayer is that your home or business is a place of inspiration, love, and legacy. They helped me spruce up my bedroom, and I could feel the love they put in. Revival starts at home. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Revival Living Interiors. And Beauty Counter, are you trying to make cleaner living and healthier lifestyle part of your 2019? Then get safe and high-performing products into your hands with Beauty Counter through Kristen DeVore at www.beautycounter.com forward slash Kristen DeVore. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-D-E-V-O-R-E. My personal favorite is the charcoal bar. That black beauty has done more for my 40-year-old skin than anything I've tried. That's www.beautycounter.com forward slash Kristen DeVore. My best friend and I certainly don't have all the answers, but that's never stopped us when it comes to matters of the heart from trying to comprehend evaluate, analyze, apply, and synthesize. Wait, is that Bloom's taxonomy? I knew we were onto something. This is me, my best friend Kristen, and your questions. Hi, Beefy Beefy. Hi, girl, hey. So I loved this interview with Marcy Corey about her Safe to Save app. It is so fun watching her sprint in her lane. And as I... Um, just talk to women and, and have speaking engagements. One of the biggest questions that I get that people come up and, and ask afterwards is how do I know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? And so I get a lot of emails like that. One of them, this last one that I decided to just kind of pick out for our little segment beef is um, just out of curiosity, do you and Beefy feel like you have found what you are supposed to be doing? Do you feel like you have found what you're supposed to be doing, Beefy? I do, and it's really good to be able to answer that question that way with certainty. Um, in this moment, I do, and I right, think yeah. that what I've learned from my journey is that this moment could change tomorrow, and to try to live my life with open hands and um, take one day at a time, because I used to try to plan things out so um, far in advance, and that was not, um, that was just focusing way too much on my idol of control. Um, but no, I feel so blessed um, by being able to do a little bit in all the areas that are um, important to me right now that I feel called to. And so I'm able to you know, use my gifts in my office as a lawyer. I'm able to mm -hmm. be active in my church. Um, I'm able in leadership and just other ways of just being um, in attendance. 
and then also um, in the community. And, you know, it's just like last week is a great example of um, in one day, I, this is literally one day, I gave a presentation on a area of the law that's hard for me. Um, I accepted a new foster baby <laughs> and I reached out to my associate pastor and said that I wasn't going to be able to attend a Bible study tonight, but I felt like the way that I could best be the church was at home with my family that night, and she validated that in all the ways and had um, the Bible study praying for us that night. Mm, is that so cool? Good. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. It's crazy. You're right, though. I feel really balanced if I feel like I'm doing a little something in each sphere, like whether yes. that's, you know, a, a global sphere, a community sphere, a home sphere, just a little something in each one. Um, I will never forget sitting across the table from Rachel Levitt regarding just that feeling that women come up to me with, with, I don't know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I was, I was in a season of that and, um, and my dear friend, Rachel Levitt, who has always just been such a great encourager to me. She like practically pounded the table and made me answer the question, what do you want what do you want? And I, I think that. that's we such... never ask yourself that exactly. question. Exactly. Well, we're afraid to answer it yes. because I'm afraid that if I, if I say out loud what I really want, number one, it's going to sound silly. Number two, God's never going to let me have it. Mm-hmm. No one parents that way. Okay, child. Now that I know right. your deepest desire, you shall never have it. And then like conversely, right? It's, well, I'm afraid to say what I'm really afraid of because that's the one thing you'll make me do. No one parents that way. That's awful. So we need to get that out of our heads. Okay, Okay, but here's what we really want to know. What was your answer? Well, I was in a season, actually, when she asked me that, where I was like, what do I want? I mean, I want a full night's sleep and to have, (laughs) like, more than one good bra. You know what I mean? But the more that I thought about it, the more that I found courage to be able to put words to it, I want to be a Catholic Beth Moore. <laughs> Which is that I want to yell the truth. I want to get, I want to yell the truth out loud and love people wildly while I'm while I'm doing it. And so um to be able to just put that out there and then leave the rest up to God. Like but there is such freedom in saying the words of what you want. And so I think that it that answering that question of do you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? Let that conversation with God start with telling him what you want. Tell him the desires of your heart and the rest is just really up to him right and then listen yeah okay right on i love it love you see ya i've never met anyone like mary well technically i've never met mary you see we're internet friends but don't let that fool you this internet connection runs deep Mary is so many things all at the same time. With one sentence, she can make me laugh, cry, think, and deeply, deeply feel. There's just something about Mary. You'll see. Everyone's brain works a little differently, so the way each of us manages our work-home balance will be a little different. For example, when I mentioned to a friend a few years ago that no matter what I'm doing, I always feel like I should be doing something else, she passed along this little nugget of advice that someone had given her. If you only have, for instance, an hour and a half, set a timer for 30 minutes to play with the kids, then for 30 minutes to do some housework, and then for 30 minutes to do some writing. That way you'll be sure you hit all the bases and you're not neglecting anybody. It was good advice, really, but when I tried it, it just didn't click for me. I still felt like I was doing the wrong thing 
all the time. What I found works for me is that when I'm struggling to get work and family in balance, the best thing I can do is to take a few minutes to do neither one. Truly. For some reason, taking a break from both to go for a walk by myself sets my mind more at ease and helps me focus on whichever one needs to take top priority and helps me release the one that doesn't. And it usually helps me see which one is which on any given day. But my method may not work for someone else. One of the most important aspects of balance is to recognize within yourself when you're achieving it and to not compare it to what someone else looks like. Because if you feel in balance, then whatever you're doing is working for you. No comparisons required. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Dear God, you made us to know you, to love you, to serve you and our neighbors in this world, and to be happy with you forever in the next. And we all have different missions. God, shed your light to help us recognize our callings. Grant us good discernment to know your designs. Help us to release our grip of any idols we might be clutching so that we might more effectively co-labor with you. We offer ourselves to you without reserve. We acknowledge that you have given us everything we need. In Jesus' most holy name, Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For this episode, a special thank you to Marcy Corey, Kristen Kelly, Mary Bishop, Revival Living Interiors, Kristen DeVore with Beauty Counter, Chan Redfield, and Pamela Anthony Cutright for music. Please like and subscribe and leave a review. Look for us on Patreon and consider supporting us in order to hear extras. Send us your questions to sinnersaintsister at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Allison M. Sully and Facebook at Allison M. Sullivan. For more of Mary's writing, check out Made for Ordinary Time at wordpress.com.